It's Wednesday, December 16th, 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, the Eagles responded to their quarterback change with a nice win over a good New Orleans Saints team, playing well on both sides of the ball. Uh, we will cover that end to end tonight, of course. The Phillies made some noise with the hiring of Dave Dombrowski as the team president. Now we need some players. The Sixers preseason got underway last night. The NHL actually has a plan to get started. And Penn State won their third straight game. It's been another busy week in Philly sports. Always, Bill. No time to do any Christmas shopping just yet, at least not for me. Uh, the Dave Dombrowski era, the hiring came kind of out of, out of nowhere, really. I mean, we heard the Phils were in deep discussions with him, and then a few hours later, they said it was a done deal. Very interesting. So we're going to get into that later on. Uh, Sixers talk for sure. There's a lot of excitement about this Sixers season with the new coach and the other changes they've made. The regular season, by the way, tips off one week from tonight. But, Bill, Eagles talk is front and center. Well, absolutely. And as we said, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts took over this week. They picked up a win. If they can go out to Arizona, pick up another win this week, they hold this conference or this division back in their own hands. Yeah, assuming the Giants and uh, Washington football team both lose this week, and I think they're both going to, and the Eagles win, they would control their destiny, which is just crazy because they have uh, Dallas and Washington, the final two games. But we'll get into all that. we got a great guest. Let's do we it. We do. We do have a great guest to talk, Eagles, and former Pro Bowl wide receiver, Arkansas Fred Barnett. So let's get to it. Hey, Fred, hey. welcome back to Philly Press Box Radio, my man. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks. Hey, Thanks Fred, uh, hey, first thing I want to mention is you were just in Bermuda for a couple of weeks yeah. and you came back on Monday. I mean, we appreciate you coming back, but you come back to a snowstorm and generally crappy weather. So are you regretting your decision to return to the Philly area from a place yes. where it was 70 degrees today? <laughs> yes, I am. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I was just telling some friends that we have over. You know, I was kind of hoping that they canceled the flight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we made we made it in. We had to get back for a couple of weeks. My wife actually has a company in Bermuda, and she's doing a lot of work there. And uh, we we had been there for about three months, and uh, so we just came back, you know, just for Christmas. And we're going to leave on the twenty sixth, and we'll be gone for a little bit. But yeah, I come back, and uh, it's cold, and it's like uh, old man winter just just kind of landed landed right on top of Philadelphia. So. Uh, you know, here, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, I'm afraid Philly. to go outside tonight, but hey, we'll worry about that in, in an hour. Um, I understand you did get to see Sunday's game. You got to see an Eagles win, yes. a new quarterback. What were your impressions of Jalen Hurts, the rookie? Well, you know what? He's a rookie. He's a rookie. And, and you know, when, when you think about success in this league, one thing that I think that you should add with success is consistency. You know, and this was his first game starting. I, I think that he showed a very uh, nice poise to be in, you know, such, such, to be on such a stage. I mean, you, you're playing against, a, in my opinion, a really, really good team and in New Orleans. And to go out and as calmly as he did and uh, make, make the plays that he made, I think was very commendable of him. 
But at the same time, too, I, I, I think that, you know, he has to be able to do that, you know, every weekend, you know, every Sunday and, you know, play to that level. Uh, so, so it'll be interesting. I, 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 after watching him, I still see some, some college tendencies that he has. Uh, I was very surprised to see him kind of sit in the pocket and, and kind of go through his progressions because he's able to run the football. Uh, of course, I, I know the Eagles had some, some run, some, some plays call for him to run, but, you know, I, I think he did great as, as a rookie. I mean, you know, to come in, as I mentioned, the poise that he had was was remarkable, and I, I was very impressed. But now, can he consistently do it? And and as you guys mentioned, you know, we're going out to Arizona now, and they, you know, they're a pretty good team as well. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Well, hey, Fred, let's get right to the receivers. Your specialty, obviously, uh, yeah. even even in this game, um, Jalen Hurts only com- completed six passes to wide receivers. Uh, that yeah. was a struggle for Carson Wentz. Uh, those receivers have trouble getting open. Uh, from a receiver standpoint, not having – and maybe this is, doesn't – I don't want this to sound like an excuse, but not yeah. having preseason and not having all that, um, the coordination of these young receivers to the quarterbacks, how big a deal is that? Oh, it's very big. It's very big. And and there, there are a number of different things that are going on in our heads as a receiver and it has to be the same information for the quarterback. He has to be thinking the same. And uh, it, it's it's very important to have the timing down. Uh, uh, it's very important to know exactly, you know, what both of the, you know, the quarterback and the receiver are thinking if a guy's playing a certain coverage. You know, there's there's a, you know, over the past few years, they've been doing a lot of back shoulder throws. We didn't really do that, you know, when I played in the 90s. But, you know, so so receivers have to be on on, you know, on the same page with possibly, you know, looking for a back shoulder pass. If he runs a deep route and the defensive back, you know, is in a good position. I think it looked like uh, the 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 touchdown to Jeffries was a was a back shoulder. It looked it looked like it. So, you know, it's 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 kind of instinct sometimes. But at the same time, too, you kind of have to be on the same page in that. You know, as you mentioned, with with them having no preseason, that's the kind of stuff you work out in the preseason. You you know, you just don't start it up, you know, and you you get a chance to do it in a live game. But this year, you know, unfortunately, you know, they had to crank it up, crank it up right away. Well, Fred, the final three weeks of the season should be very interesting for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But uh, regarding the quarterbacks, I mean, whether Hurts yeah. plays great or not so great, there's going to be plenty of questions about the quarterback position going into the offseason. Wentz has a huge contract. He just signed it, you know, a year and a half ago and would bring a massive cap hit if cut or even if traded. So what is the team to do going forward? Well, I'll tell you what, man. It's it's If, if Hurts goes out and, you know, Win these three games, I, I, I they they're gonna have they're gonna have to bite the bullet, I think, uh, uh, because you know you got you got three different defenses, um, and uh, if he does if he goes out and makes plays and is successful, you know he becomes that at that point consistent at what he's doing. You know what's so interesting? I was I was talking to a buddy of mine uh about the game actually actually we were i was in bermuda so we were texting back and forth during the game and i i remember telling him this a while back and i and i and i still i'm not quite sure 
of the feeling that I get from Wentz, but it's this, it's almost this excited nervousness that I see on his face. I don't see this calm. I don't see this. I don't see this. Um, and I, and I said this like three years ago, I said, I don't know why, even when he's successful, he looks like he's in a hurry mm. and he look, you know, he mm -hmm. doesn't, he doesn't look like he's just calm. He's just, it's always looked like he's in a hurry up office. And, you know, when you look at guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers, who literally looks like he's just sitting playing chess, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and Tom Brady, you know, and even the way Jalen Hurts looked, you know, uh, last game, he was just like, hey, you know, you know, I just go through my progression. I just make it happen. And what happens is, in my opinion, when you have that, I'm not saying that he's nervous, but when you have that, when you have that, 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 that way about you, you start anticipating things. So you, so you can see things that are happening that are really probably won't happen. So I, 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 I see went sometime making moves before he needs to even make a move, you know, running out of pot, running out of the pocket before he even needs to run out of the pocket. So I, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, and, and of course, you know, this, you know, this is life. This football is life. And, and, you know, there's a song that I love, everything must change. And, and I'm not saying that he's not going to be here, but it'll be interesting to see if Hurts goes out and um, wins these three games if Hurst goes out and, and, in my opinion, is successful enough, you know, to be a starter, even if he doesn't win all three, but he plays successful and they put points on the board, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And you have to understand, too, the more you play, the more comfortable you are. So to see him be as comfortable as he is his first start, it was just it was just it was just amazing. And I and I can remember when when uh, Coach Peterson put him in for a few plays. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like, you know, he had really what it take at that point. But, you know, him being named the starter, it seemed like he just kind of like honed down and put himself, you know, in a, in position to, to make to make plays, to make, you know, some good plays. And, of course, go out and, go out and beat a good team. Right. Hey, Fred, I want to throw this – before I ask your, my question, I want to throw this up here from one of our viewers, Freddie B., one of my favorite childhood players from Andrew <laughs> – Redwood giving you a shout out. Oh, cool. All right. Hey, wanted to uh, say to you, Fred, we, I mean, it's obvious the offensive line is, is struggling. Yeah. Uh, you know, they change lines every week. They're going to do it again this week. Uh, I've never seen anything quite like it, but from a quarterback receiver standpoint, back to that, uh, that clock's going to go faster now when you have a, a poor offensive line or injured offensive line, whatever you call it. Uh, how do you guys react to that? Do you have to do it in practice, or can you just say, "Hey, I got to be in that break sooner," and expect each other to be able to read that? Well, it 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 depends. I think on on the on the play calls. I think from from an from an offensive uh, coordinator standpoint, if you know you got to hurt an offensive line and you know you're not going to give your guy time, you're gonna you're gonna have some more intermediate routes called, some shorter routes, some slants, some quick hitches you know, some quick posts as such to get to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand. I think it's to some degree a plus for uh, Hertz because he's able to scramble. Um, I'm quite sure that there, there, there will be a number of plays where he, you know, his number will be called to run the ball. So that kind of slows. So that that kind of, you know, gives the defense another problem or another, uh, you know, something else to, to have their mind on instead of just rushing the quarterback. 
uh, that there was one play in particular that uh, Hurts ran for about 25, 30 yards when I think they were in man defense and they rushed everybody and, and, and the, you know, the field just opened up and he just took off, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so when you have a hurting offensive line, you know, you can put yourself in a bit of predicament if you're a defense, if you got a, if you got a quarterback who can run the ball as well. Well, Fred, uh, much as we love to talk about the current team, we also like to talk about your era. And uh, last year, when you were on with us, we did play the audio of your epic 95-yard touchdown reception against the Bills from 1990. And because this happens to be the 30th anniversary this month of that memorable play, let's show the video of it with Merrill Call added to it right here. Big play for the Eagles. As Cunningham is back, he's being trapped. He ducks under three men. He's looking. He's rolling. He's heaving a deep downfield for Barnett, who leaps and has it at the 40, at the 35, 30, 25, 20. Barnett's going to score! I love seeing that. (laughs) Uh, It brought a a smile to your face, Fred. (laughs) Yeah, I I hear about that play all the time. As a matter of fact, I got some buddies who – who were in Bermuda? They work with a company in Bermuda, and they're from they're from Buffalo. I give them hell about about that play all the time. <laughs> they, of course, they re, they remember it. And uh, yeah, it was an unbelievable play. It's it's you know it's surreal to even see it you know over and over again. I, I have a lot of fans who always send it to me on Facebook and what have you. Oh, yeah. And just to see it, just to see it, it's just just crazy because it's like. I can't remember it, but I know it was me, you know? You know, it was a separate video and audio thing. I actually had to slow Merrill's voice down a bit to make it sync up because you were just running too damn fast. (laughs) I I don't run fast anymore. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Well, listen, that was December 2nd, 1990. Two weeks later, which happened to be exactly 30 years ago tonight, you guys shut out the Packers 31-0 at the vet. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, Fred. The Packers oh. starting, yeah, the Packers starting quarterback much of that season was the magic man, Don Mikowski, but he was out injured that week. So I'm going to ask you, do you have any memory of the two guys who played quarterback for Green Bay that particular day? Zero. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely zero. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember them either. Here we go. Blair Keel and Anthony Dilweg. Oh, we are serious? No wonder you beat them thirty-one nothing, huh? Hey, hey, Brad, I want—I did want to ask you. Uh, back in the day, did you ever yeah. get in a situation where, as a player, that you just said, "You know what? They can't cover me. This guy can't cover me." Kind of like what we saw, unfortunately, oh, yeah. with Metcalf and Slay the other night, <laughs> where they just kept on throwing it. And Slay's a good player. Uh, he had yeah. nothing for Metcalf. Ever, what? How do you feel? Do you go back to the quarterback, go to the coach, and say, "Man, this is it. This is my night. I gotta have." Oh it. yeah, oh yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna tell you, my best, some of my best games have come against a guy who's in the Hall of Fame, Aeneas Williams. And Aeneas and I, we 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 would see each other during the uh, during the off season. And he would tell me, he would say, I don't know what it is. I just, I just can't cover you. And he didn't, and, and, you know, he, he, he struggled with me, you know, and I struggled with some defensive backs, but, but, you know, we'd be out on the field. And I'm like, yes, I'm coming at you, man. And then, you know, I would, of course, I'd tell Randall and, 
you know, tell uh, coaches, Rich, it's, and there are a number of times I went to Rich, I'm like, Rich, come on, come on, you know, give me, give me 300 yards this game. But, but yes, I, I have had uh, situations like that. And, uh, you know, even saying that, you know, it, it kind of makes me proud because, you know, going from high school to college and then going to the pro level and having the confidence to look a guy in the eye who's a pro and say, you cannot cover me. That's 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 just amazing, you know, and, it, and it's, you know, it's a lot of hard work to be able to, you know, be in that position to say it. And, and you know, there's some guys out there that, that are saying it right now. And uh, it's, it's a great feeling to know that, you know, you can you can dominate on the field and have that confidence and, and even preach it. Well, Fred, you mentioned the Hall of Fame. And uh, speaking of that, one of your ex-Eagle teammates is a semifinalist yeah. for the Pro Football Hall of Fame and should be in already, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. What do you remember about your four or five years as a teammate of Eric Allen? Oh, man, just just unbelievable guy on and off the field. Uh, one thing that I knew about him, he's very, very smart. Uh, he, 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 knew, he knew tendencies. And there are times that I would talk to him about tendencies that defensive backs have, but here's a guy, he, 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 he's one thing that Eric didn't. And, and one thing that a lot of um, high profile athletes do is that they slow the game down. You know, he somehow slows the game down and, and, you know, what, what a great guy, what a great player. I, you know, of course I, I think he should be in the hall of fame. He should have been in the hall of fame in my, in my opinion, you know, a great lockdown corner, a guy who can just, you know, play all over the field. He can play nickel. And, you know, it, it, you throw that ball in the wrong spot, you know, it's, it's going the other way with Eric. And, and and I actually had a chance to see him a couple of years ago uh, down in uh, Dallas. Uh, we coached in, a, in an all-star football, high school all-star football game together and met some of his uh, – actually one of his sons who's probably – he should be signed with a with a college right now. Uh, his son, who's a who's a pretty good safety out, out in San Diego, but Eric should have been in. The, he should have been in the Hall of Fame, and and yeah. you know I'm proud to say that I played with him. And again, going back to your day, uh, Fred, yeah. with the, with the offenses the way they are now, with the, the things Lamar Jackson is doing, and some of these other guys with the the RPOs and all that. Oh how my would, God. How would Randall Cunningham be today? Oh man, I, I, you know, it, it, it would be interesting if, if, if we were playing today with, you know, with, with the ability that we had, with, like, like as you mentioned, the RPO, the run pass option, it's, 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 it, it would be amazing because, I, I, well, in my opinion, I think Randall would probably be running more than he would be passing, <laughs> because he kind of made, 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 made his name for himself that being a scrambler, but, uh, you know, it'd be interesting in, in playing in an offense like that, you know, and it's like you can run your route and you're not open and somehow, you know, you still get you still get the ball. I mean, that that happened a lot with us. But, you know, it, it, it's 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 interesting to to to, you know, come off the ball as if it's a run and, and you know, knowing that, you know, it, it could be possible to be a pass. So it's it's. You know, and it, and it's exciting to see. It's very exciting to see. I mean, uh, I mean, did you guys? Well, I don't know if you guys watched the. Uh, I saw the highlights saw the Browns Ravens, man. Oh, yeah. That thing, amazing. Oh, it, it was. Oh, I was like, oh my goodness! I just watched the highlights and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> right? You know, it was just it was just kind of going back and forth, man. Yeah, these, guys, these guys, really put put numbers on the board, man. 
But it, it it's, it's great to see. It's great to see. And I think this is exactly what the NFL wanted, this type of action. Fred, I have one last question for you. Uh, sure. You were, you know, with the Eagles early 90s and uh, 90 under Buddy and then Rich Kotite for the next four years. In my opinion, the best of those teams was 1991 when the defense was like number one in every category. The unfortunate thing, Randall gets hurt. The Bryce Pop hit first game of the season. And yeah. uh, you still went 10 and 6, but just missed the playoffs. But you had, you know, Jeff Kemp and Jim McMahon and Brad Gable and Pat Ryan, whoever else thrown in there at quarterback at various times. Was that your best team otherwise, other than Randall getting hurt? I think so. I think so. And as a matter of fact, I I, I, I think I've mentioned this before, and I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys, but there, that was the year that we we were like, this is it. Yeah. Like, we, 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 you know, our defense is solid. You know, we if 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 we can go out, you know, and win 12 games, 11, 12 games, slide into the playoff, we're going to knock some heads off. Mm-hmm. So we just knew that that year, that particular year was was it. And then Randall gets hurt and, you know, everything just kind of goes up upside down. But uh, uh, it, it, it's 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 interesting to think about it, because, you know, as you mentioned, that defense that we had was I mean, they 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 nobody wanted to play us. I mean, the mm-hmm. offense they literally. Offensive players that were just like these guys are nuts. They they were crazy. They, those guys were crazy. I mean, you know the the uh, you know knocking people out here and there and stretches. You know, <laughs> you know, and that and that's when that's when the head the, the the collisions you could you could you could knock anybody out. I, yeah. And if our defense was playing today, they'd all be suspended. Because <laughs> be knocking everybody out, man. Head first. They'd all be suspended. Well, hey, Fred, one final question for you. You mentioned sure. about uh, going with, you know, with your wife and taking care of business. What what all do you have going on? You, I, I think you still coach, right? You have some uh, sons I that do, play I, ball. I don't know. No, as a matter of fact, I have, I have young young kids. I have my boys are nine and and four. So I'm I'm I'm, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, you're starting over." I'm like, "No, I'm continuing," but it stops there. <laughs> For sure, and I have I have daughters who are who are twenty years old. Uh, they're twins. They uh, they go to UVA on the lacrosse team and on the rowing team. But I do a lot of work with my wife. I, she finally hired me. <laughs> uh, and uh, there there are a few companies that I that I do some consulting with here in the Philly area. Just small stuff, you know. Just kind of keep myself busy. But most of, most of my work is 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 with my wife in Bermuda. She has a uh, corporate event planning company uh, slash interior design. As a matter of fact, she's doing uh, she's doing an interior design for Bacardi's uh, corporate headquarters, which has us there now because you can't really have a lot of uh, events. So she's in the process of uh, redesigning their corporate headquarters there in Bermuda. Very nice. And I guess it's clear that she hired you. That makes her the boss. Of course. <laughs> oh, yes, all, right. all right. All right, Fred. Well, hey, we appreciate you taking the time to come hey, by. And, uh, you, man. Yeah, all right. Get out of this cold weather just as soon as you can. Oh, man. I, you know, we, hopefully it'll it'll slow up. It looked like it stopped uh, snowing and started to just kind of sleet a little bit. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's I just said down down here. Drink, sleet and rain drink. down here. Drink me a little whiskey and I'll be all right. There you go. There you Thanks, go. Fred. Take care, man. All right, Fred. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Hey, man. Thanks yeah. for having me. All right. Okay.
Hey, Chad, if you're looking for insurance in the tri-state area, we got the spot for you. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. You got it, Bill. Um, Allstate Insurance, give, one of the best benefits of having an Allstate Insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoy, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs. Someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania, 610-430-0700. Once again, that number is 610-430-0700. And now it's time for me to find Merrill Reese because he wants to say a little bit right here for us, Bill. Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! Well, hey, Chet, uh, speaking of good, we got some good this time. Eagles coming off a good win. The Phillies make good move, good noise with the hiring of Dave Dombrowski. I'm pretty excited about that, I think. Yeah, I am too. I mean, the guy's a winner. He, he's been in the game a long time, but he's won, you know, in the 90s. He won again with the Red Sox more recently, just a couple of years back. Uh, a lot of people questioned it, I guess, because of the way he goes about building teams. He trades away prospects. Well, the Phillies don't really have any major prospects, so he's not <laughs> going to do that this time, which tells me that he has assurances from John Milton that he's going to be able to spend some money. And hopefully, you know, bring back JT Real Muto or at least get some other name free agents because he's not going to trade away any big name prospects because, like I said, they don't have them. They don't have them. Well, I'll tell you what I did is I, I checked in with a handful of my friends uh, back down in Lakeland that are uh, Tigers guys who work for the Tigers organization or did when Dombrowski was with the Tigers for about 15 years. Nothing but praise what a good man he is, what a good baseball guy he is. Uh, I believe, I believe they won two AL championships with him during that time. Didn't win a World Series, but got to the World Series twice under him. Yeah, I love the move. Um, and like I said, it signifies to me that he has some guarantees from the boss that he's going to be able to make some moves to make this team better. Um, we don't want to see a, a total rebuild. And he said it's not a rebuild. It is a retooling, as he put it, which you know leads me to think that he thinks that they're reasonably close and can add to what they have now to become contenders again. And you got to think that means either bringing back JT or getting some other guys in there who are, you know, close in terms of quality, whether it's a catcher or a center field or whomever. Um, they still need players, obviously. So, I don't think he's going to take the job without having those assurances. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think the Riamuto thing becomes much more active now. Um, you know, maybe maybe the play by the by the Phillies was we got to get this done before we can get that done. And uh, now Harper, Bryce Harper's speaking up; he's ready to make a move too. Uh, who knows? Maybe with this thing. Uh, I mean, they've been getting bashed. <laughs> front office, uh, yeah. all the front offices have been getting bashed. So, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Bryce wants JT back. He's made that very clear all season, and then again more recently. And you don't want to piss off your highly paid right fielder who's supposed to be here for the next ten or eleven years. So, hopefully, they can keep him happy and make Phillies fans happy and bring back JT for another three or four years. 
Well, that's certainly the start. You know, I think Dombrowski's a great move. I, I like it. Um, now let's get JT in place and let's start taking the next step. And I still hope my uh, rumor last week is not true. Um. Oh, which rumor was that? No fans, no season. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that is not true for sure. So let's hope the vaccine gets out there and people start getting, uh, you know, less worried about COVID. And hopefully by April, things will be semi-normal again, Bill. That's right. It, it needs to be for sure. Well, hey, speaking of getting normal, Chet, Penn State, now three and five uh, after winning three in a row, after losing five in a row. Uh, they go to Illinois this week in a crossover game that they should win. They're going to go four and five. They could get to a bowl game. I think you can get to a bowl game. I don't I even know how no that idea. works. Uh, but, it, you know, at the end of the day, if they can pull out a five and five season after going 0 and five, um, that'll be interesting. Well, I looked it up. The game is actually at Beaver Stadium this weekend. It's 5.30 this Saturday at Beaver Stadium. Uh, the Illini okay. are 2-5, and five, and they fired Lovey Smith last Sunday. So uh, they got an interim guy coaching them. They probably don't care a whole lot. The Knits are actually favored by 15 points. They were favored by 14.5 last week, and they covered by 15 with their great second half. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, but I, I got to think they do win this one. And as you said, finishing four and five after an zero and five start, maybe getting a bowl game. I don't know how that works. Uh, that would still be good, but uh, still not a memorable season. But all things considered, four and five is a whole lot better than you know two and seven or whatever. Uh, well, and actually, you know, with all the injuries that team suffered, you know, they're playing their fourth and fifth team running backs, right? Uh, that are true freshmen. Again, it goes back a, a lot. Goes back, I think, to. Uh, not having spring, not having summer. Uh, now all of a sudden you got these freshman kids that were playing high school football last year and they're starting for you uh, in a lot of key key places. Um, you know, it, it takes time for that to all happen. You can't just walk on the field and make magic. It just doesn't work that way. And uh, I think what Penn State is seeing is, you know, now in the second half of their season, they're probably where they hoped they would have been in the beginning, had they had all those practices and things. Yeah, and uh, I'm just looking forward to next year. I'm just going to call this one a whole mulligan and forget that 2020 even happened as far as a lot of what we saw from football this year. So let's get on to next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, uh, NHL, I asked last week if there was anything going on. Neither of us knew, and lo and behold, it looks like a 56-game season is coming, and it's going to start on January the 13th. It uh, looks like no schedules out that I've been able to find. And realignment looks like it's uh, going to be happening, too. Yeah, and the way they have it lined up from what I saw looks pretty interesting. They have an all-Canadian division, and the Flyers are in a division with their big geographic rivals, Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, and Washington, which makes perfect sense. Uh, it'll cut down on the travel and, uh, you know, make these rivalries even better. So I'm looking forward to that. And the big news, uh, I guess it was yesterday or this morning, Oscar Lindblom is cancer-free for sure. And uh, that, that's just great to see. So he'll be back at full strength, presumably, you know, in early January. Yeah. Well, and, you know, unless you saw something that I didn't see, Pittsburgh is not in the Flyers uh, division, unless you've seen something more current. They had, because there was I, a big, I, I did a copy and paste from, from what I saw. They had them in, and this is something that I copied and pasted from yesterday. So okay. I don't know. You could be wrong, though. 
Because what I what I saw was uh, people were not happy that Pittsburgh was not in that group, but yeah. they had Pittsburgh with Chicago, Detroit, and going out that way instead of being in the East with uh, these rivals like the Flyers and Rangers and, and Capitals. And, and one of the initial ones that came out about a week and a half ago totally left Philadelphia out. So yeah. like Philadelphia <laughs> was nowhere to be found. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's not 100% yet, but the one I saw had Pittsburgh in there. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, and, it, right and out, it, so. also, it also looks like uh, they're talking expanded rosters as well, which uh, uh, that – for the Flyers might not be bad because they got a lot of young kids that are right on the cusp of being able to make the team. And now maybe if you can carry, you know, a couple of extra defensemen, a couple of extra forwards, we'll get some guys that uh, we'd get seasoned. And uh, when it comes really go time, have, have a good team. And it would make sense given uh, there are still some lingering COVID problems, of course, and there's no bubble this year. So uh, yeah, it makes sense for expanded rosters. Yeah. Well, uh, you know me, I'm excited for hockey and I, you probably will be too, because they're not starting until January and you That's don't watch time. until January anyway. That's my time. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let me find well, some music because we're going to talk get football. Some music and let's get rolling. Time to welcome Edge of Philly Sports Network's Freddie Burns back to talk starts and sits this week. Uh, fantasy football, some Eagles talk. We got more predictions. Fred, welcome back. What is going on in the NFC East quarterback situation? Pick off Jalen Hurts, I guess. You got a you got a running back and a quarterback. I mean, uh, it's a ton of stuff going on. It, you're probably going in your. What would it be? Semifinals for most leagues out there. Your roster's pretty much set, if, if barring an injury. But I, I doubt you had Carson Wentz. I, I you probably have Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, Roethlisberger's, those two type of guys. So you can pick guys up on your bench, but your roster's pretty set. I will say, I'm pretty sad. I'm eliminated in out of five of my six leagues. So I'm. I got one left that I'm hanging on. <laughs> wow. Well, what do you think, Fred, uh, if this all plays out like it looks like it's going to? Um, Daniel Jones is out. Carson Wentz is out. Dak Prescott is out. And it looks like Alex Smith could be out this week, the NFC East, with none of their original quarterbacks. I mean, the, the division's a mess to begin with, so I guess it goes in line with the rest of the division or how it's been going, right? You know, it's Haskins looks awful. Um, the Giants somehow are, are competing. Uh, last week they got they got beat, but they, they the two weeks before, I mean, they beat the Seahawks with Colt McCoy. Yeah, um, figure. The Eagles have a, a new offense that you really don't know how to defend yet because the mobility of Hurts is something – you know, Wentz is mobile, but he's just not like hurt, you know, so it's going to take some time for defense to his defenses to adjust there. And then the Cowboys, I mean, they, they've been buried. They had Dalton out for a few weeks too. So, All right. All right. Well, Hey Chet, you, you were talking about this earlier and I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you might know the details. So what has to happen here for the Eagles to still actually be able to win this division? Do you have that in front of you? Well, I just know that if both the giants and Washington lose this weekend and the Eagles win the Eagles wouldn't be in first place but they would control their own destiny because they would have to beat Dallas and Washington and you know assuming that happened they would win the division no matter what else happened the last two weeks so you get a Washington loss and a Giants loss and an Eagles win this weekend the birds control their own destiny 
Oh, I could do, after that. All I could do is shake my head. And that and that's probably any combination. So like you could have the Giants lose this week and the Redskins lose the following week and I'll yeah. still win out and it still works. I think so, so. yeah. But this weekend is their best opportunity, I think, for all that to happen. I think I think both Washington and the Giants are going to lose, and that's a little hint for my picks that we're going to be making soon. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think about the uh, Oklahoma quarterback versus Oklahoma quarterback this week for the for the Birds? How, how do you how do you like that? They both were uh, number one too, right? Yeah, I think they both rocked number yeah. one at Oklahoma as well. Yeah. But I mean, that's exciting. Mobile quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's a little more developed as far as the throwing goes. Uh, it's it's going to be fun to see. It, it's nice to have a running quarterback. It's exciting. But at the same time, you typically don't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's you, you can't win all your games. Like, even as exciting as Lamar Jackson is on Monday Night Football, they're 7-5, and five, you know, and they may or may not make the playoffs. And as exciting as Kyler Murray is, What's their record? Six and five. They're seven and five too. I think they finally they lost like three in a row. So it's all fun and cool, but I I think we're overrating it here in Philly because we've been so bored with this bad offense that it's just nice to see some kind of life. Okay, let's get to our picks because uh, I want to get that in. Then I want to come back, circle back. I got another eagle comment for you guys. So let's, uh, Chet. How did the predictions go? This week, uh, nice call on the Bills, by the way. I mocked you, and uh, now you can mock me back for laughing at you. Well, neither Fred nor I had a good week 14, but fortunately for me, Fred's week was worse than mine. Uh, he was one and four last week. Ooh. I was two and three. Yep, correctly calling that Sunday night football win by the Bills over the Steelers. And having picked up a game, that means Fred and I are now once again tied. 35 and 23 each with three weekends remaining. We are going down to the wire, Freddie. This makes wow. it exciting. Makes it yeah. exciting. There what do go. we win, by the way? Bill's going to buy us a new car or something? Yeah, yeah, beer. <laughs> beer. I'll buy you a beer. How's that? I'll take it. I'll, I'll win. That. All right, let's get to this week. Uh, we threw a bonus game in. We're going to start with that. Chiefs at the Saints. Chiefs minus three and a half. Seattle visits that Washington football team. Seattle minus five. 49ers visit Dallas. The 49ers are minus two and a half. And the Eagles travel to Arizona. Cardinals minus six. So, Fred, who do you like? Chiefs at the Saints. Chiefs minus three and a half. I got to go Chiefs here. Um, I think they activated Drew Brees today, or at least I took the IR designation off. Even if he's ready to go, that's a lot of not playing. They just come in and play the Chiefs and win. If Taysom Hill goes, I, I just don't think the – the Saints have enough firepower to keep up with the Chiefs scoring. I'm surprised the line is as low as it is, three and a half. Even if Breeze does play, I thought it would be a bigger line. But uh, I see Kansas City winning this one. They are on a mission, and I see the Chiefs winning this one. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was surprised. I thought the line was low as well. Seattle, to me, they're a mystery team, but they're visiting the football team down in Washington. Seattle's a minus five. I'm going to go with Seattle here. They are a mystery team. You know what? In the beginning of the year, their defense was horrendous, and the offense would just score all the points to get them winning. And now the offense can't do anything. The defense is low scoring. So I'm going to pick them to beat Washington, though, especially if Haskins is quarterback. And I think this is the first time all season that Fred did not say Redskins. Ah. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, I'm going with Seattle, too. I, I think uh, they're going to start making their playoff run right here. And especially with uh, Alex Smith questionable for Washington, I'm taking the Seahawks. All right. 49ers go to Dallas. 49ers minus two and a half. 
Jimmy Garoppolo on the hot seat out there in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, he's not playing too great. And um, Nick Mullins, is he's playing equal to Nick Mullins, really, who, who's not playing the greatest either. But I guess he does compete. He, he gets you some touchdowns. He throws some picks as well. I don't know why the line's so, so small, though. I, I do like San Francisco's defense. I'm going to go 49ers here. I, I just don't see Dallas winning. I was very surprised that they won last week the way they did, but it was a lot of turnovers by Cincinnati. I'm going to go 49ers. Yeah, uh, I didn't like seeing Dallas playing well last week, and I'm hoping they don't play well this week. I don't want to see the Cowboys win. I'm taking the 49ers. I think they're going to win by at least a touchdown. 49ers got to be better than the Bengals. Bengals weren't very good, especially without Joe Burrow. Yep. All right, Eagles travel to Arizona. Cardinals hold on, Spiders. hold on. Cle- Cleveland at New York Giants. Oh, Cleveland at New York Giants. Yes, don't Cleveland minus that. three and a half at New York Giants. Three and a half? Uh, I think so. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Should be wrong. Wow. wow. At, it does, we don't care about the line anyway. Cleveland at the well, New York Giants. In my pick, I do. Kind of helps me judge it. Uh, so, okay. yeah, the Giants – the Giants' defense, I guess they're loving Joe Judge in that defense. Yeah, that is a I'm, low line, so maybe I just made that up. I don't know. No, no, I think you're right. I, I'm going to go Browns. Um, I'm just surprised by that line. I, I, the Browns losing on Monday night. I think they'll put up enough points, and, and they'll win Browns. I'm also going Browns. I mean, like I said, I can't believe the line is that small, especially with Daniel Jones being out. Although Colt McCoy, as you said, did play well a couple of weeks ago. I'm taking Cleveland, and I'm rooting for the Browns. Yeah, I'm I'm going. I I gotta like the Browns on that one. Same All right, so far. we'll finally get to the Eagles. Eagles, Arizona Cardinals minus six. Here we go. I don't I don't know if the I almost picked the Eagles last week and then I balked at it. I don't know if the uh, Cardinals are going to have a defense ready for Jalen Hurts at this point, but I don't think the Eagles have a defense ready for Kyler Murray, especially with the secondary down. DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Fitzgerald. They definitely are going to be able to throw the football. And when they don't, Kyler Murray is going to be able to run. So I'm going to take the Cardinals to win. Okay. Well, we are going to stay tied then for another week, Fred, because I also have the Cardinals winning. Hoping I'm wrong, of course. Arizona 24-17 is my official prediction. All right. that uh, The Browns right now are minus four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. I was close. That's, that's as of today. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see how that all goes. Uh, I want to go back to the Eagles for just a second. Um, Thinking about how this game went and how Doug Peterson probably called his best game because he had a whole different offense in place. He had that Nick Foles RPO, dink, dunk, crossing routes and all that. And as we saw with Carson, you know, he tries to push the ball down the field. In my head, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Doug is looking – I feel like Doug is looking at Carson as a Dan Marino, John Elway bomber down the field. Everything vertical, vertical, vertical. He gets Carson out. He brings these other guys in who don't have the gun that Carson has. And now all of a sudden, it's a changed-up offense. It's all on timing. It's get the ball out. It takes the pressure off the offensive line. It gets the, the, the wide receivers can get open on – three-yard routes. Again, like I said earlier, he only completed six passes to wide receivers. Everything else was dinks and dunks and things like that. Not that that's certainly a knock on Jalen Hurts. He executed the offense well. My question really, I guess, is Doug Peterson. Is 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 he given one game? 
probably not fair to ask this yet. Is he giving Carson a chance to be successful if what I'm saying is right compared to what we're seeing when the other guys are in there? Right. I don't think he is. And, you know, you said you've had Brandon Lee Gowton on. We had him on last week. It may have something to do with Carson, too. He has a lot to do with the game plan, supposedly. So I don't know if it's Carson having influence on it to not run that offense or what, but it certainly seems different. They have that RPO. They ran the football. I do think a factor, though, that we are forgetting and kind of is that Jason Peters did not play. And I think that tremendously helped the offensive line and the quarterback because when Wentz was in there, you didn't know where anyone was coming from, and Peters was a turnstile. So to not have a turnstile every play allows you to run a better offense as well. It does look like that, but Andy Reid did the same stuff, though. When the the backup would come in, A.J. Feely, Cooey Detmer, Jeff Garcia, they would run simple offense, and the ball would move, and we would scream, why don't you do that for Donovan? And they wouldn't do it. Yeah, it is a mystery, and that that is a lot of the speculation that I've heard this week. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, of course, and a lot of people are wondering if maybe it's Carson not as comfortable as we think he is with doing the RPO stuff. But, I mean, he's had success with, and I would love to see him do it more often when he's back in there, if he's ever back in there. But, yeah, Doug definitely calls a different kind of game when he has the backup quarterback. It's very strange. Yeah, it really is. And, and, you know, they didn't run the ball well. I don't care what the numbers say. Uh, Hertz did with his numbers, but you take the 82 yards away from Sanders and he ran for 33 yards. Right. Uh, that's a little bit misleading stat. So they didn't really run the ball. Well, his, his passing wasn't great. It was, it was adequate. Um, you know, I, I just think we, we got a little excited about all this thing. I'm not sure we got really what we think we got at this point, but oh, a win is a win. and you never have to apologize for winning. How many times you heard me say that? Yeah, and uh, you know, looking at his numbers, he was what seventeen of thirty, which isn't overly impressive. But what is impressive is that at least five of those were throwaways on plays that Carson might have been sacked or very close to being sacked. So I was very impressed with his pocket awareness and the fact that he was able to get rid of the ball because, as we noted earlier, the receivers aren't getting open. So at least five of those thirteen incompletions were, you know, him just very clearly throwing the ball away to avoid a sack. So. I think the numbers are a little bit misleading. Also, yep. one of those was a pick six that got dropped. Yeah. There so. would have been a big play in that game. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, one other thing, uh, Fred. I want to jump over. Sixers opened their preseason last night. The Doc Rivers era, at least preseason era, is underway with against the Celtics. How excited are you about what you saw? And uh, you ready to go for the Sixers or what? Uh, I I mean, it's a one preseason game. I'm not going to act like they're winning a title or anything like that, but it was just nice to see an offense where players cut to the basket. I, I saw Danny Green with a wide open three or about a, a little bit inside the three. He pumped and hit Embiid crossing in the lane. Like, this is what we've been asking for. Like, have these players cut, get the easy basket, take threes. You have to in this league. So it was very nice to see. There was no standing around. There was a ton of movement. Um, the rookie Tyrese Maxey, he looked very good. He did. Uh, what I did notice is, and, and I, I think, I don't know if it's a learning thing or what Thibel did not play as much. And it seems that he waited to put him in. And there were times last year with Thibel that we were all excited, but there were times he would get into games and he'd get 5,000 or 3,000, five minutes. And it'd be like, he's not ready yet. So maybe, maybe some coaching there. One other thing, 
I think I saw Doc Rivers talking to players on the sidelines when they came off the court more than I have saw Brett Brown do all season last year, maybe the whole tenure, and you saw a response. You saw Ben Simmons looking at him and them going back and forth, and, and it, there's a respect level there that I think is going to be huge. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to judge a whole lot from one preseason game, but Joel Embiid looked good, and Shake Milton looked really good, which Ooh. was nice to see. So, uh, you know, Shake was not afraid to take shots, and he was hitting a lot of them. Overall, the three-point shooting wasn't there yet, but as somebody pointed out on the radio today, they haven't been practicing at the Wells Fargo Center. They've been over in Camden. So, you know, it takes a while to get used to a different court. Um, but, I mean, they, they handled that game from the middle of the first quarter on – uh, never gave up the lead after that, and uh, they look good. And they, they have another preseason game Saturday, and they tip it off for real next Wednesday. I'm excited about it. Dwight Howard, he, that, wasn't it nice to have a center come in and like get some rebounds and just not look, not stand at the three-point line? Or get and, a, you like, see him on the sideline. He was talking to everybody and cheering everybody on. Maybe Dwight Howard's, Howard's not a bad guy. <laughs> hey, he looks cool. Yo, one, one other looks, thing. Yeah. Did, did you hear um, the announcements when they announced the players? The, the pumped-in crowd noise said, you suck, just like the fans. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Brad, Brad uh, Coach Brad Stevens was laughing. He's like, oh, it was, it was just like the holiday That's welcome I normally get in Philadelphia. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, I, I guess uh, one final comment. I, I guess you can ask for anything you want, but three first-rounders and Ben Simmons for James Harden. Somebody's somebody hit, hitting the, the pipe too hard. No. I know, that's wild. Did you hear <laughs> all the report? Happened. All the reports coming out. The smear campaign on Harden right now. Uh, it's not well, looking good. There, there, there's no. Uh, there's nobody giving up that. So it doesn't matter who the player is. That nope. I guess you can ask for anything. All right, Freddie. Before we let you go, let the viewers know where they can follow you and all the stuff you have going on, man. You can find me on Freddie Burns on Facebook at Fred Hugo underscore on Twitter and Instagram. And I have articles on Sundays. I'll have a lot more during the Sixer season. My Freddy's Five on um, EOPSports.com. And also tonight, I'm live. We're live at 9.30 p.m. So thanks for having me, guys. All right, All right see you next week. See you. All right, hey, Chet, let's give a shout-out to our partners over at Edge of Philly Sports Network and their shows. You can check them out. The Broad Street Bully Podcast. Drew, Jeff, and Doyle are talking Flyers hockey with amazing guests, and uh, those are a bunch of funny guys, too, by the way. Uh, check that out for sure. And we have Bird's IQ every Monday, 7 p.m. with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles football. Edge of Philly Sports Live, as Fred said, him and Big Al and Joe covering four for four and so much more Philly sports. Watch them live Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. And also join Tom Kelly and the gang at the Patterson Avenue Fanatics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., talking all things Philly sports as well. Those guys have been up and running again for uh, just a few weeks, and they are knocking it out. So, And you know what else, Bill? I understand that uh, the Lax Philly guys are going to be starting up in, uh, I believe, early January, so we'll be adding them to the promo very soon. So a lot going on at Edge of Philly Sports. That's right. You can check out all the shows, www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting the subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your friends and family. All right, Mr. Chesco, great guest tonight in Arkansas, Fred Barnett, Edge of Philly Sports, Freddie Burns. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week, uh, Christmas week? 
Well, next week, Bill, in addition to Freddie Burns joining us as usual, it happens to be opening night for the 76ers as they take on the Wizards. Game one of 72 this particular season. And we're going to be talking Sixers basketball with this guy. He's the Inquirer.com Sixers beat writer, Keith Pompey. He's going to help us preview the season. And, uh, boy, doesn't Keith look happy to be joining us? He's just <laughs> thrilled. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Keith Pompey and Freddie Burns. And let me ask you this, Bill. Were you a Seinfeld fan? Yeah. Okay. Well, next week happens to be December 23rd. And in Seinfeld's world, that is Festivus. And that means it's time for me to do another airing of the airing of grievances. And boy, do I have a lot of grievances here as 2020 winds down. So we may have to run overtime next week. All right. Well, <laughs> and you know, I'm kind of glad that uh, when we talked about Keith coming on, that we, we pushed him out a little bit because I was worried at the time that the Giants might actually be in first place. But <laughs> he's a Giants fan. But now we know that they're going to collapse like they always do. And we will be on the forefront with uh, Keith when he gets here. Absolutely. All right, Chet, let's take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line razors, mystery boxes, and now a memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook page. Like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room and PPCC 118 Raz Room Shop on Facebook. Okay. There, there you go. We ran that right over our faces. I don't know how that happened, but there it was. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, anything before your parting shot tonight? Um, yeah, a couple of things. Um, First of I all, nobody died. I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a quiet week, so that's good. That's good. I like to hear that. Uh, a couple of birthdays. Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top is seventy-one today. He's one of the bearded guys singing about the sharp-dressed man and uh, "Give Me All Your Love." And I love ZZ Top. Got to see them a couple of years ago for the very first time. Put on a good show. And you know who else is celebrating a birthday today? Somewhere in piano heaven. Beethoven would be 250 years old today. He was born on this date in 1770. Can you believe that? Wow. And Tom Brookshire's birthday is today, the uh, Eagle legend and broadcast legend uh, as well. How about that? All right. Anything else? <laughs> no, that's it, Bill. I, I got nothing else. Parting shot. You know what happened? Here's I was going to do a parting shot about one of my favorite subjects, beer. And I left it for this morning to do, and I forgot that I had a dentist appointment this morning and had to come in early for our little uh, work luncheon thing that we did to celebrate the holidays. So I never got around to writing my parting shot about beer. So I'm just going to put that out as a special little piece about some of my favorite beers from July through Thanksgiving, and then I'll do a separate one about holiday beers too, because it's not really sports related, but I like talking about beer anyway. Um, so we'll get to that uh, in terms of an article or whatever. And, uh, you know, maybe we can just wrap it up early because I know you want to get out of here to go watch the two-hour season finale of The Masked Singer. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't miss that. That's for sure. Wait, we did promise people we were going to sing a Christmas carol tonight, though. So. No, we did not do no. any such thing. So <laughs> let's wrap it up.
All right. Special guests, Fred Barnett and Freddie Burns, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, December 23rd at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds. Happy holidays, Rita.